0: Welcome to Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. We're glad you joined So let us. me ask you a question real quick. How many of you want to hear or want to have your prayers answered? Raise your hand. There we go. Yeah, like hands go up. If they're not, then I'm sorry. You're in the wrong place. Well, I want to talk to you about an idea that is a principle in Scripture where it is fundamental to having your prayers heard and answered. Uh, It actually comes from Luke chapter 18, verse 9. Now, before you look at me and say, Pastor Blake, is this the silver bullet to having all my prayers answered? No. There's a lot of things that go on in what we deem and what we see through Scripture in the the spiritual realm. Where people are on the angels and, and are at battle for us, hearing our prayers. God is at spiritual warfare for us. Apostle Paul talks about this numerous times. But whenever we talk about this idea of having our prayers answered, knowing that God will answer our prayers, we have to take this posture in this uh, mindset of humility, of being humbled. And we're going to see that when Jesus teaches us about prayer in Luke chapter Eighteen. So, if you want your prayers answered, know it's going to take some humility. Let's look at it. Join me, verses eight or chapter eighteen, verses nine through uh, verses nine through fourteen this evening. He also told this parable. This is Jesus to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. So Jesus is talking to a Jewish audience who thinks they have it all together. Two men went up into a temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like the other men, Extortioners, unjust, idolaters, or even like this tax collector. That's bold, man. I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And then Jesus, after he shares this story, he elaborates a little more and he turns to the crowd. You can imagine this imagery in this scene. He says this, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, talking about the tax collector, rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but everyone who humbles himself will be Exalted. A fundamental principle for us tonight is if we want to see our prayers moving and if we want to see our prayers answered, it starts with being humbled. God elevates, God lifts up, god exalts those who humble themselves let's pray over tonight's reading of our scripture lord we give you this time right now we pray over this word we pray that you use this word to change our lives to encourage us and to help us lead here and leave here better than the way we came in in your great and holy name we all say we all say man it's feeling good tonight there we go well um a while back, my wife and I, we went, uh, took a trip and, uh, to the store, and she was sitting in the passenger seat. I was driving, of course, because I'm a gentleman. And as uh, she was sitting there, she gets out. We park, we put it in, you know, we put in, we get ready to go to the store. It was Target, just in case you were wondering. We go there a lot, uh, and I'm a chauffeur a lot. You know it's bad when Target's popping up on your phone of where your destination's going. And so she gets out of the car. She dings the door with like this pole, and I'm talking, I don't know how it was possible. She opened the door, the door flew open, she hits the pole. Now, as a caring husband, I said, lady, what are you doing? Why are you paying attention to what's going on? Do you see the surroundings? And her being very gracious was like, I'm sorry, I just, you know, and I go over there and I look at the door and I'm like, the door's perfectly fine. And I still am like, I'm heated. The whole Target trip, I'm heated. So we get back in the car, we go home after the Target, run, pick up the errands. And then later that day, uh, we were working together at the time. I, uh, th- there's what we call a patch in our driver's seat. So I have this habit. Whenever I would have my keys, I'd put them on a Cincinnati Bengals lanyard because they're God's team. They're the best team. NFL kicks off this week. Let's go. And they're hanging out in my pocket. So the lanyards droop, and the keys are in my pocket. So the key somehow positioned itself like this. If you're picking up my imagery, like it's kind of poking out of my pocket. I get into our brand-new car, three months old, leather and tear. I mean, to us, man, this Buick is awesome. Yeah, I'm 30-something, and I have a Buick. Woo! Oh, yeah. And I sit down in our chair and I hear this pop. My key stabs our leather seats. We puncture a hole. I puncture a hole. Guess who's in the passenger seat? My wife. Instantly, I look over and I'm like, she's going to give me the lecture of a lifetime. She looks over and goes, Are you okay? I was like, did you see what I did? I popped a hole in our brand new car. She goes, it's okay, I can patch it. Talk about one of the most humbling times of my life. That was a moment that I received this grace, this mercy, and experienced a humbleness. Anytime we approach a relationship with our creator, God, It is that moment where we have to accept knowing that we need to live a life of humility and humbleness for him to work and move in our life. Maybe you've been given an opportunity to be humbled or maybe you have been humbled in some way, shape or form. There is this moment in our life where we have to accept and say, hey, if we want God to show up and show out in our life, humility is where it starts. You want God to answer a prayer in your life, we have to be humble and saying, God, we need you. So if you want your prayers heard, it begins with a humble approach. It begins with the right approach, which that leads us to point number one tonight. If you want your prayers heard, you have to have the right approach. Now we see two gentlemen in this story in verse 9 and 10. We see the Pharisee and then we see the tax collector. Now the Pharisee, he represents the home team. He represents this man who is self-righteous, who is perfect, who is great, who who is smartest of the smarts because if you know anything about Pharisees, they had to memorize a good chunk of scripture to even excel through this Jewish schooling. So whenever a mother would see a Pharisee walking through the town of Jerusalem, they would say, hey, do you want to be him when you grow up. Like they controlled, they had influence. A Pharisee was somebody everybody aspired to be. They had weight in the Jewish culture. And then you have the visiting team in this story. That's the tax collector. Now the tax collector is also known as a traitor. The tax collector had this... Um, almost uniqueness about them, this stigma about them. Whenever they walked through town, people didn't like tax collectors. The reason people didn't like tax collectors is because they worked on behalf of the enemy, the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire controlled and ruled the culture of that time. Israel was oppressed by Rome. And see, Rome would cut these deals with the tax collectors, and they would say this, they would say, hey, if you give us 10%, we just go to your citizens, and we need 10% from your people, let's say, hypothetically. So they'd go get 10%. But then Rome would cut the deal with the tax collectors. We know it's a pretty challenging thing you have to go through. So if you want to, say, take, charge 15%, we'll take the 10, you can keep the 5. So what happened is tax collectors would cheat their own people. So people didn't like them. People were frustrated with them. People thought they were swindlers. So whenever a tax collector would go out in town, whenever a tax collector would be there, people would say, "Mm, they're evil, they're bad, we wanna stay away. So we see two drastic different ends of the spectrum. The Pharisee, the good guy, and then we see the tax collector, the bad guy. Now in our humanity, everybody points and roots for the Pharisee. Now, we know the end of the story. So we're automatically saying, hey, let's go to the tax collector. But the audience is saying, hey, no, the Pharisee is where it's at. You do not want to be a tax collector. But here's the thing when we look at the tax collector and the Pharisee the Pharisee lived a comfortable life. The Pharisee could feel fine going into the temple, the Pharisee could uh, know that it's his home turf, he knew how to pray. He knew when he walked in the temple, people would be awestruck by who he was. People would say, oh, that that Pharisee, I mean, he's great. He has the most eloquent prayers. He is our guy, the home team. There was no challenge with the Pharisee perspective. There was no challenge in his approach. And then we have the tax collector. Now it says right here in scripture, it says two men went to the temple. The tax collector went to the temple. The tax collector is like this individual who the night before he came to church on a Saturday night, he was out all night at the club, living life large, still on the bender, and then comes to church at 9 a.m. That's the perspective. That's the way. So when the tax collector shows up to the temple, it is like he's a fish out of water. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to, to say. He knows that it's his humble posture that's gonna get him anywhere in this scenario. Pharisee, comfortable. Tax collector, not so much. See, what we see in the scripture is it's all about the right approach. The tax collector was willing to go to a place that he was uncomfortable, willing to look at his heart, willing to look at his mind, willing to say, hey, there's an issue here and I'm gonna show up right there. The Pharisee, not so much. There's this humbleness with the tax collector. That is what's bringing weight into his life. That's what allows him to be heard. Number two for us tonight is this, when we talk about it, is dependence. God hears our prayers of the humble, and he hears it when we have this posture of dependence, the Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus. I love that. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus. And in other words, the Pharisee was so self-confident, self-righteous that he didn't need a team. He could just get up there and pray and say, you know what? I got it figured out. I'm good. And then he goes like this. He says, God, I thank you I'm not like them. The extortioners, the unjust, the adulterers, or even this tax collector. He says this publicly. See, it's contrary to Jesus' universal teaching. See, Jesus' universal teaching in Matthew chapter 6, he uses a two-letter word, us. He says, give our our Father in heaven, give us our daily bread. Deliver us from temptation. Let Let us forgive our debtors. See, in the Pharisee, when you see his prayer, he says, I. He says, me. He says, I'm not like them. I'm okay. In 1517, Martin Luther, he uh, is a great church reformer. He goes up to uh, the Castle Church of Wittenberg, Germany, and he nails his 95 theses. Now, if you know anything about church history, Martin Luther was a huge, huge, huge player who gave us church as we know it, where it's a personal and intimate relationship that we can have with Jesus. Before him, it was very legalistic, very, I got to pay a penance for everything, everything. You, I mean, your pockets would be empty before Martin Luther. And so when Martin Luther nails this, the very first thesis statement has to deal with this repentance idea, this point of repentance, that if you repent, if you say, I am so sorry, I need help, I need a Savior, Lord, give, like, give me your grace, then what we're doing, what Martin Luther teaches is that is progressing your character with Jesus. That you develop character with this idea of Repentance. You develop your character, your knowledge, your relationship with Jesus and God by having a repentant heart. See, what we uh, elaborate and what we talk about there is having a repentant heart means that we are contingent and dependent on God. It means you can't save yourself, I can't save you, only God can save you. A repentant heart. It's a dependence on posture, give us our daily bread. It's this idea of we are in desperate need of a savior in our life, a dependent posture mindset. Number three for us, if you want your prayers heard, we need to then have recognition. And then on the other side of the fence, we see in verse 13, but the tax collector, this measly guy who's a scoundrel standing far off, Would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but he beat his breast as an oath, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. See, the tax collector, unlike the Pharisee, recognized his position, recognized his dependence on God, recognized his need for that relationship. It's this recognition of who God is in our life, what God can do in our life. It's God, I need you to help me through it. I need your Holy Spirit to move me from here to there. God, please, where are you? I am recognizing your greatness in my life. He does so, but, and he's honoring this in this posture of humility. He's like, I was the worst of the worst, but now God, can, can you please just remove your wrath from me? Now what's interesting about this tax collector, he's a money manager. He knew what he would have to deal. He would say, okay, what can I pay? He knew he couldn't pay anything to be recognized by God except understand that it was his humility that would save him, his humility that Jesus would give him favor. He recognized the relationship and the position of that. Number three or number four for us, Tonight is this. Jesus goes on and he turns his attention to the crowd and, and he looks at them and he goes, I tell you this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. A lot of times we look at this idea of being humbled as a negative thing. As I mentioned earlier in my opening song, I was humbled in that posture. I was humbled in that that moment with my wife where I made a major mistake and received mercy and grace. If you're watching online, if you're here in this room, you've received grace, you've received mercy in a radical way, you have an opportunity to start a relationship with Jesus. When we come and accept, hey, I'm humbled that I have this opportunity to come to a church here in Florida and say, God, we worship you. God, we praise you. We gather tonight on our prayer night to honor you in a way we can't even express at moments, audibly. See, we're exalted when we come to this place of humility when, when we see that Jesus gave his life for us. He says, it's less of us and more of him. We humble ourselves by saying, Jesus, you atoned on the cross for each and every one of us and, and we're, we're so thankful, we're so grateful and when we come to that acknowledgement right here, we are then exalted in this kingdom mindset, in this kingdom perspective. And then exalting means this, you know, life is challenging. Some of the prayer moments that we have, we have a personal touch with some of you. We're exalted because God gives us his Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to convict us, to comfort us, to teach us. And it's in those moments that he's exalting us, saying he's delivering us from evil. He's delivering from temptation. He's delivering us from mistakes. God, I'm thankful that you've exalted me to that level. And then we see that Jesus also is highlighting that when it comes to this humbleness, there and four is also that we are exalted by his blessing. This tax collector, he was owed nothing. He knew that. It was this prayer of mercy. Lord, release and remove that wrath on my life. He's blessed. His eternity forever shaped. His eternity forever fixed. Tonight as we close, we're going to sing a final song, and I want to encourage you. God hears the prayer of the humbled. You might have something going on in your heart, in your mind. So we don't want to be like the Pharisee and and put on our church smile, or church clothes, and, and think everything's fine. We want to be like the tax collector and evaluate our heart. And when we lean into this prayer moment, Know that when we humble ourselves, knowing that we need to recognize a savior in our life, we need to recognize God's goodness in our life, when we need to depend on him, when we need to say, hey, Lord, I'm humbled before you. Move in my life, evaluate the issues of my life because I need my prayers answered. God goes to, to fight for him. He's battling on our behalf. So no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, we are praying for you as a church. We are praying for you, that you live in a posture of humility because right now we have a lot of people that want to build their own brand or build their own identity, but we know that it's humility that brings us the win with Jesus so let's pray this evening and then we'll enter into a time of worship and we'll conclude and thank you again for being here because we do believe that prayer propels us forward prayer pushes us into a different gear prayer is how jesus has communion with this church lord right now we give you this time and we worship you as we looked at your word i pray that you be with each person in this place and um Lord, as we are encouraged through your word, may we leave here better than the way we came in and may we be people of humility, people who are humbled before you and that are so great or are so, so graciously received your, your mercy. May we be dependent on you. May we have the right approach, Lord. May we recognize that our relationship with you is nothing that we can do, but it's only what you can do, Lord. And Lord, let us lead with a humbleness here this evening Lord, we give you this time and we give you these words in your great name we all say Amen thank you for joining us for tonight's service if you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700 if you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. we also gather on Sunday mornings at 8 15 and ten forty five a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday Night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.